The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to check out our new Discord server. The perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Welcome everybody to the Notorious OTV. This is like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like week-long holidays, but uh, this is like a three-month holiday that we just got uh, coming up that we're pre- that we're prepping for today. Uh, I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. I got with me uh, a very special person. Uh, the man who left a, a just ass-shaped dent in my couch over Rebel Weekend, whenever the world closed. That's right, Mr. Mark Capitan. He's joining me. You know why? Because he is our Saratoga expert. That's right. That's the that's the thing that I keep alluding to, the week-long uh, holiday, but the one that lasts for like three months. Yes, it is Saratoga. Horse players rejoice. Here we are. We finally made it. Felt like it was never going to get here, but finally it did. We're going to try to cover every single day of Saratoga this, uh, this week. So, uh, Mark, man, how's it going? It's going good, man. It's going good. You know, obviously excited for Saratoga meet to get going on Thursday. Uh, took, uh, I'm sure as most you know horse players did, took the back half of this week off so that uh, I go into full degen mode. Uh, I will be on track. Um, I think probably the first all four days I'm on track almost every day of the meet. Uh, I live, you know, people aren't aware I live just east of Saratoga Springs. So it's my home track. Grew up playing horses. That's how I learned how to handicap. It's uh, it's my place and uh, probably do better there than almost any other track in the country. So uh, absolutely cannot wait for it to be back. You know, it's it's funny. It's I, I'm an Oakland guy. I, I put it in my my uh i don't know my alter ego the wolf of oaklawn and uh i i can't lie i saratoga is my shit i absolutely love saratoga if i if i think back to it just some of the best hits i've ever had in my time as a horse player have always come at saratoga uh mark mark and i are going to take a look at the late pick four for uh this thursday july 14th uh it starts in race seven the uh the wilton stakes uh which has got a 429 eastern post time uh man this is this is going to be an interesting sequence along with just being an interesting meet in general uh i mean we've got a new surface we've got new starting shoots mark you're you're there you're you're sitting in your in a like a panel van a white panel van with like a a plumbing uh logo slapped on the side of it maybe you switch it up so they don't get get wise to who you are sitting there you know taking taking reconnaissance but uh what kind of what kind of recon can you give us on this new service in the new shoot yeah, so the Wilton shoe is an interesting thing. At Saratoga, just due to the length of the surface, they were never able to run one-mile dirt races. Uh, up through 1972, they did run one-mile dirt through what's called the Wil- the uh, Wilson Chute, which is, they have, uh, you know, after 72, they turned it into a parking lot, and they decided they wanted to be able to run one-mile dirt races. Uh, there was a big gap. They could run seven furlong races out of the chute on the backstretch, uh, yep. but then if they wanted to go two turns, they had to run a mile and an eighth, and that's a big gap, and there's a lot of horses that 
don't quite want that mile and an eighth, but they want, you know, they want a mile. There's a lot of milers out there. And so they lost the ability to get those good milers in for races. So uh, they went back, they recreated the surface. It's going to be a little bit interesting though. There's uh quite a bit of recon work being done right now. Johnny Velasquez, who runs the Jockey Guild, or is the, the head of the president of the Jockey Guild, uh, they, you know, he has, they're doing a bunch of test starts this week. They're basically putting the gate in place. He is going to load a horse and they're going to do some practice breaks. And the reason is this shoot comes out sort of halfway through the first corner. If you were, you know, running a mile and eighth race, you go all the way through the first corner. Well, this kind of comes on halfway through. And the concern is that out of the one, two, and three post, you're when you start, you basically go right at the inside rail on the corner. So they're they're still trying to figure out some gate placement. They're still trying to get things sorted. They don't know if they're going to actually be able to run two year olds out of the shoe, and they also don't know if uh, you know what is the maximum number of allowed starters. Is it going to be eight or ten? It's ten for the meantime. Uh, you know, we're getting a full field of three-year-olds with some really interesting horses coming off that Kentucky Oaks trail. But uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting surface. Obviously, we don't have any bias data. So as of right now, I'm treating this like a, a the mile and an eighth races, those nine furlong races that we were uh, very used to in the past. And then uh, we'll have to kind of play and see, you know, how the, you know, how pace scenario is set up after they run it a couple of times. Because, I mean, the way that the main track is configured, if they were to, to not add a starting shoot, they would essentially be, it would be the gates if they wanted to go a mile it would be the gates break and then all the horses take an immediate hard left through the, yeah, through the it, first turn it would be not really conducive to horse, horse racing no, it would be amazingly unsafe uh any other thing is with that kind of thing you basically would be starting on the first corner so those horses that were on the outside just are massively it's you know they're they're basically get washed 10 wide and they're you know they lose all chance at the start because they just they can't get any position so uh this was an attempt to get that little short shoot allow those horses to get position before they have to start going left yeah and you mentioned i mean no one has any data on on the bias this is a track that you have to pay attention to yeah. every single day to get an idea of how the track is playing and get an idea of how you want to you want to pick your horses based off of how the track is playing. And it has there's so many different elements that go into it. There's uh, the depth of the dirt on the main track. There's where the temp rails are set on the turf. There's all sorts of little quirks to Saratoga that I mean, hashtag if you know, you know pretty well, much the other thing with saratoga that you don't run into it a lot of other places is there are technically two turf surfaces there is an inner turf and then there's a melon turf which is the outer turf they both play completely different the melon turf has a ton of banking on it the inner turf is obviously you know much tighter corners so it benefits certain horses so how you approach uh you know all those surfaces from different you know from a bias standpoint is absolutely massive and it's the the little nuances that make saratoga a really good track i know you're a big bias player and so you know a track like Saratoga you love because they may, you know, you may get some rain, it may completely change the bias. And then you can go, Oh, wow. These horses that, uh, you know, these low, these cheap speed types are now carrying really well, or, yeah. or geez, all, all of a sudden the surface is playing deep and those closers are going to be able to, you know, able to get up. So if you're uh, attentive to bias at Saratoga, you can do very well. You know, Mark, Mark plays kind of like how I play, which is we don't just take a look at the bias as a historical thing but we try to do our best to kind of forecast what the bias is doing in real time when the bias might shift during the middle of the day, for example. That's really the great way to just kind of get to get to a couple of really good scores is to say, okay, I think the bias is going to be like this today while people are still chasing what yesterday's bias might have been. 
Uh, it's you know, it's big time. This is this is exciting. I'm I'm excited. I'm uh, uh, titillated. I'm a little bit discombobulated from the titillation. If you can't see me right now, which none of you can, I am motioning towards my own nipples. That's right. Let's go ahead. Let's talk this this late pick four for opening day Thursday, July fourteenth, and uh, it kicks off with the one mile shoot for the Wilton Stakes, one hundred and thirty five k. It's for three year olds, which have never won a sweepstakes other than state bread. It's an interesting little race. For one, we don't know what's going on uh, with this with this Wilton course and this mile distance. Like uh, Mark said, haven't run a mile since nineteen seventy two. Uh, Mark, man. Go ahead, fire away, be the toga expert. Yeah, so I think this race is extremely interesting because you, you have sort of the tale of the horses of the spring versus the horses of the now. Um, and you add on to that the fact that we don't really know what this surface is going to play like. This is the first race run across this one mile shoe. You always hope with a you know track if they're you know opening up the turf for the you know the first day of the you know spring meet or something that they give before they get to the stakes they give you uh, you know at least one you know race across the surface so you can kind of see how it's playing. We're absolutely guessing here about how this uh, is going to set up. But you know I, I think. The horse that, uh, you know, I mentioned that sort of idea of horses of the spring versus the horses of the now. The horse of the spring is that's in here is probably Goddess of Fire. Uh, she was on the Kentucky Oaks Trail, did run in the Kentucky Oaks, kind of ran, uh, you know, had a, had a rough trip. Uh, and, and just honestly probably wasn't good enough and also may not have handled the surface. She had a lot of, a lot of you know, rough things going against her. Todd, you know, has... Uh, you know, pulled her off the trail there um, after that, give her, given her a bit of a freshening and she is back in this spot where she's cutting back to a mile after being uh, three starts in a row, going a little further. I think she's going to take a lot of money just off from connections alone. Uh, you know, very known quantities at Saratoga with Johnny V and Todd Pletcher. Um, you also have in here, somebody like Tarabi for Sherry DeVoe who is, again, one of those horses that um, was in the, you know, ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly. She ran pretty darn well. Obviously, nobody was getting to either Echo Zulu or uh, Juju's map that that day, and those both have come back to be, uh, you know, very, very good horses. Uh, you know, she kind of took the long layoff, came back in June, got that, uh, you know, trip around, uh, you know, one trip around Churchill where she ran okay, ran a decent second, and she's back in this spot. I think she's a major player in here with a lot of early tactical speed. And the horse that I think I'm most interested in here, and judging by the morning lines, maybe a touch of a price is the four, Angitude, for Brad Cox with Joel Rosario up. This is a horse that you know, obviously is stretching out and the distance is going to be a question, but you're talking about a horse that absolutely romped, um, one by seven and a quarter first out in November of last year at Churchill, then caught a sloppy track in May, absolutely ran a clunker, just completely didn't handle the surface and then came back in a big money allowance, you know, an N1X $127,000 allowance at Churchill and romped once again and going five and a half. Now, can she carry that speed? She has pedigree, which says this shouldn't be out of the realm of possibility going a mile. So um, I think Angitude is a really interesting option here that could potentially take them all the way on the front end. Yeah, I, you know, without any sort of bias information to play off of, what I thought you had to do at this race was honestly try to play it as as true to the pace as you possibly could, because that's the only thing that we can really go off of to come up with with who's going to have the setup and everything until we actually see something come out of here. So you mentioned a horse that I actually love, which is uh, Antitude. Uh, feels like a horse that's that's been trending up. 
uh, is ready to take this next step into stakes competition. And then looking at this pace picture, it felt like, you know, you have horses that are a little bit faster on the front end. However, you don't have anybody that really wants to go out and just burn up the, the early fractions. So what I'm thinking is a horse that wants to sit very near the, the early pace, uh, it, you know, not necessarily be on it, but going to kind of sit in that little like murky muddled little pace wave of, uh, of, of early run horses uh, is, is kind of where you wanted to be. So I settled on Angitude and another horse that you didn't mention uh, Todd Pletcher and a, a, rad, a rad, sorry, Irad Ortiz on the uh, the nine, Amo Ray, uh, a, a horse that's been trending up. It's been winning in its starts that it, you know, that that it uh, that it's been in an optional claimers. Another one that might be ready. Uh, I kind of felt like this one's going to sit pretty close to the uh, to the uh, early pace and then be able to to kind of you know hit the hit the stretch and then it's it's game on with all these other kind of early run horses. I mean, the horse only has one graded attempt, uh, graded stakes attempt, and it was in its second career start at Belmont after it broke its ma- or after uh, when it ran in the Frisette, then broke its maiden uh, three starts back at uh, at Aqueduct, uh, was eased, walked off, and then came back and and absolutely just uh, you know put put together a pretty great race. Uh, by the way, if you don't know, eased and walked off horses. Oh my God. Mark, when they yeah. when they call the meat wagon, it, it's time to take note because uh, that's a bet back, right? Yeah, always a bet back. Yeah, I mean, you know, Amo Ray um, is a horse I'm actually somewhat against. Uh, you know, to take the other side of the coin here, and, and it's it's not that she isn't talented. I'm sure that she she definitely is a talented horse, but you know, she's sort of took you know she went into that frisette as a maiden. Um, then took another couple starts to break her maiden. And, you know, I mean, it, Todd has sort of rolled this one along slowly. She's been slowly improving, but I don't know if she is, you know, she's, I don't know if she's necessarily fast enough or if she progressed far enough along that she's really ready to take this jump up and this next step up in class. Um, she is a horse that's two for four at the distance. So I do like the fact that I know she can get a mile. My concern really is a couple fold. She's going to be in the nine post. And I, what I'm really worried about, even though they you know, are, they put this shoot in to give the jocks a little bit of time to get position. I'm worried about her being washed three or four wide around that, you know, around that first corner. And is she going to kind of have a rough trip, not being able to get position? There, there is quite a bit of speed in here. Now she's going to be a little bit off that speed and she should get a nice setup. I just don't know if she's necessarily good enough or if she's shown that she's good enough. You are getting the second start of a form cycle. You know, after obviously that Keeneland race, she got a little break. She ran the Laurel race where she did win and takes a step forward here. But uh, I'm worried that she might be in a little bit over her head. And the other thing that I don't really like is the fact that she is a my racehorse horse. And these horses take a ton of money at the window. Everybody that owns their tenth of a percent wants to throw money at the horse they own and they get massively overbet. So it's not that I don't think she can win. I think she can. I think that if she does win, though, she's going to be very short, take way more money than she probably de- deserves to take. Um, and obviously, there's one other horse that we haven't mentioned in here that I actually think is pretty interesting with some sneaky good form. And that's the six, the other, other Pletcher horse in here, yep. which is favorite. Favor. Um, favor is a horse that's two for two at the distance. They then tried to stretch her out both the Fairmont for sorry, the fairground Oaks and the black eyed Susan. And she just didn't run that well. She didn't like that added distance. So they're cutting her back now to what she wants to do. Um, I realized she was winning those races at Gulfstream. I don't necessarily know how tough they came back, but you know, if she, 
you know, if they if just she's a miler, if that's what she wants to do, she could be an absolute monster here. And another one that's going to sit a similar trip, I would imagine, to your nine horse, but is a little bit drawn inside. Now, I do worry about favor getting pulled along by Tarabi earlier because I think Tarabi is going to definitely want to be forwardly placed. Uh, so does she get pulled into a little bit more pace than she wants? I don't know, but, uh, you know, I think she's a pretty interesting one here. And it's going to be interesting to see where the money flows in this race. I, I could see it. I could see favoritism ending up on three or four of these in here. So you, you might want to try to find the ones that get lost on the board a little of the, you know, the, of the four or five that we mentioned and build some stuff around them. Yeah. You know, an angle that I like is the, uh, the Todd Pletcher witness protection angle uh where he has these horses that just kind of disappear off them they they run in a bunch of big races they disappear off the map and then they come back just ready to romp about three months later after no one has seen them after they've moved to arizona they've been living in a condo working an office job keeping a low profile because people out there are after them uh but yeah we got three of them in this race so uh, this leads me to an interesting question for you mark you are a you're an abc multi-ticket type player um with the fact that this is on the brand new surface with the brand new shoot, how spread out are you uh, in terms of total horses that you probably use when it comes ABC? I will have, I will have some money flowing through at least six horses in here. Um, and, and I think it's, it's part that we've never seen the surface. It's part that these three-year-old fillies are also very prone to taking big steps, big jumps up. They'll, you know, run a race and then a month later run just a massive improvement. And that's very common for them. And I think you also get into a little, and you'll see this later on in the Saratoga meet when you see like the Jim dad, Dandy or the Travers, you'll get into these situations where horses You'll have these horses that were on the Kentucky Derby trail, took a break, and then are ramping up for a fall campaign versus those horses that were maybe later developing three-year-olds who are ramping up through the summer into that fall campaign. And who can keep improving and who maybe plateaued a little earlier? And yet you have to sort of play that game. And I, I just think this is one of those races that there's a bunch of these that could take that next step forward. There's also a bunch of those in here that you know, maybe they've already reached that peak, but we don't quite know. So I, I'm a little bit more comfortable being a little bit more spread in this race. Yeah. And another thing I will know, and I'm not to throw too much data at your, uh, at your listeners, but historically um, at Saratoga, you get into this sort of new meat versus old meat. Saratoga for, for a hundred and something years was a four week long meet. They then added a week to the end and they added a couple weeks in the beginning. So this is sort of the newer meat. And Todd Pletcher and Chad Brown tend to not fire as well these first couple weeks. You got three Pletchers in here, and you also have a Chad Brown. All four of those horses are going to take money. And normally those guys don't have their barn cranked for these first two weeks. So there's a little bit of that cyclicality as it goes to Saratoga. Do you necessarily want to get behind connections that, yeah, it, when, when the smoke all clears at the end of the meet, those two guys are probably going to be your one, two, four trainer title. But maybe first you know opening day opening week or two you might not want to be as aggressive to those uh those trainers well this next race has a couple of, has uh the one guy that i can think of that you always have to be aware of at the beginning of the saratoga meet but before we get into that we are going to take a quick break get a word in from our sponsors you're listening to the notorious otb brought to you by the sports gambling podcast network we will be right back 
Make sure to get down on the wins. Bet $50 to win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. And if you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. Their reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet the MLB. And now, bet $500 on sports or in the casino before July 31st, 2022. Get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Win Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper 2 by playing their new over-and-under game. It's super simple. First, for any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, baseball's going on right now. The number of hits in a baseball game. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com SGP. And make sure to check out our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Welcome back to the Notorious OTB. I'm here with Mark Capitan, my my Saratoga local, uh, my my couch sitter. This It's interesting because I, I always, what I liked to do on Discord was creep Mark out uh, before he knew me by... Uh, asking him questions like is it warm in your house is your couch comfortable can i sleep there because technically i am homeless uh which was terrifying to him until he figured out that i was not a, a destitute person uh i was just a degen uh so let's take a look at leg two in this pick four. Oh god ooh, I, lo- I love these words when it comes to saratoga it's on the inner turf inner ooh. turf oh boy ooh. Ooh. all right Going a mile and eighth on inner turf is a optional claimer, eighty thousand dollar claiming price. Uh, it's for Phillies three years old, which have never won eighteen thousand more than maiden claiming starter or state bread allowance, or which have never won two races or optional claiming price of eighty thousand. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I handicapped a sequence with Matthew DeSantis for uh, Colonial Opening Day uh, on Monday this week, and uh, God bless Colonial for their conditions because it was like a ten thousand dollar claimer. No condition. Or it was like, uh, you know, have not won three this year. No, no extra conditions about money and what type of stuff uh, makes it. I, I tell you what, I, I read more than about five words and I just kind of I just, you know, go. The, the attendance band just goes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it done. Absolutely. I will, done. I will say that that one thing about Colonial, if you ever want to see horses race on a putting green, that course is the most beautiful turf yeah, course. It it's just I, I don't know how they make a turf course look that pristine all the time. But that that surface is absolutely amazing. 
I don't know how they make hundred dollar horses come in with regularity like they did yesterday. My God, that was uh, that was quite the quite the payoff for for some of those horizontals. You, you knew you were in for one when that that horse won the first race. There, the horse that was dropping out of jumps races to uh, well, a mile and an eighth or something, and uh, gets up just in the nick of time at fifty or sixty to one. That was a all the balloons. So uh, this. You might not have picked one of these, uh, one of these trainers or this trainer's horse uh, or one of his entries, uh, but this is somebody that you have to pay attention to at the beginning of the Saratoga meet, and he's got a couple of entries. I think you know who I'm talking about, Mark. Tell the people. Yeah, Christophe Clement. Um, if you are somebody that follows Saratoga, we mentioned before the break that cyclicality in the Saratoga meet. There are two trainers that I think of that I think win basically half the races the first two weeks and that's Christophe Clement and Mike Maker those two trainers both normally start the first two weeks as like 40 something percent trainers uh, I think they were both in the 40 percent for the first two weeks and then they finished the meet at like as like 12 or 15 percent trainers so with that whole cyclicality mindset you you have to play every Clement horse they are just super live and if you watch the back end of the Belmont meet um Clement was winning everything that wasn't tied down. And, uh, you know, I think, imagine where, uh, where, where Chase is going to go is here in this race is the three, my risky affair. Uh, Clement tends to go to Joel Rosario with his top uh, horses. Joel's been on this one the last three, broke its maiden. They went to the Wonder again. Horse ran really, really well on the Wonder again on that soft uh, yielding turf at Belmont. Uh, finished a nice second to consumer spending and uh, gets quite a bit of class relief in here, uh, you know, in this spot. I, I don't know what the morning lines are. I haven't seen them, but I would imagine that's probably your favorite. And I think the horse makes absolutely all the sense in here. If you wanted to get aggressive in the sequence, if you were playing the pick four, uh, this is one of those spots that I think is is your, one of your more likely uh, singles. But, you know, I know Chase is a little bit more of a pace guy than I am. Uh, how did you see the pace in here shaping up? Because on paper, there's not a ton of speed. Uh, you know, it seems like Missy Greer, the four, ends up going, but you know, does, you know, is there any chance that somebody like the four Missy Greer gets super loose on the front end and they just uh, can't reel her in late? I actually, I think that you're going to see, uh, you might see Missy Greer go. I think your most likely speed is actually going to be the the seven uh, love to run uh, for Mark Cassie with, uh, with Johnny V up, uh, you know, all right. So I'm going to say one quick thing about, about Christoph Clement and Christoph, you know, Clement's horses, which is if you see this man where, a uh you know very fancy colored chino a brightly colored pant you look good right. you look good when clement is looking good with his fancy colored pants i'll tell you what pay attention that if man can the rock man some, sa- yeah and that man can rock Bonobo. some salmon pants like nobody's business that's right uh that that is probably time to play so i might keep an eye on that no i actually i i uh i got cute here and uh i decided that uh it, it was time for a time for a single um, yes i'm yes, i'm saying i want to mingle you want to mingle yeah now- so i actually i i went with this seven love to run because i thought that this was one that that could maybe try to steal it on the front uh when it gets dry on the inner turf course i really love early speed horses that can kind of hit the hedge and go uh 
I don't know how dry it has been. How is it doesn't seem like you guys have had very much rain in Saratoga as they're, of late. They're calling for thunder. We have not had a lot of rain. It is very dry. Uh, we are calling for some thunderstorms this afternoon, but then there's nothing the rest of the week. So uh, I, I would tend to believe, you know, obviously they do have the ability of watering both turf surfaces, but uh, natural rain is just obviously better than, you know, than the sprinklers. So uh, it, it is pretty, pretty dry. And I would, you know, I mean, historically the inner is a little bit more speed favoring anyway. Um, so I would think that, uh, you know, I do like your idea of, you know, somebody like the seven being able to steal this on the front end. Yeah, it's a, just my, my contrarian asshole single for the sequence is going to going to be the seven. Uh, there, there's a lot, there's some risk there. Uh, if, if this heats up a little bit too much, I'm, I'm worried about the distance, the ability to make the difference. I'm sorry, distance. But I also think that, you know, there's something to be said for, for controlling speed in races where there doesn't appear to be anybody who necessarily wants the lead. These races where no one really wants the lead. I call them the moonwalk races because I expect the gates to open and everyone, all the horses to just kind of start tiptoeing backwards because no one really wants to be on the lead. Uh, was, was there anyone else you were looking at here? Uh, I mean, with the, with the pace, we kind of identify might be a little, little bit tepid, a little lukewarm. Yeah, a little lukewarm. You know, I did mention the four Missy Greer. Um, you know, this is a horse that they apparently thought they had a turf horse when they got going. Then they, I don't know if they got, you know, Oaks fever or whatnot and tried to turn her into a dirt horse. And now they're getting her back on what, you know, on what I'm thinking might be her better surface. Um, she should, you know, has a pedigree where she can probably run on anything, uh, but the thing is, Danny Gargan, if you were watching him, his barn was absolutely red hot at Belmont. And when he goes to say as he's a 33% trainer, um, horse, you're going to get probably a, a bit of a mid price on who I, I think, you know, I, I would agree with Chase. I think the seven could go. I think the four probably has to go. Uh, you know, all of her races have been one on, on the front end. Um, so, you know, I think Missy Greer is pretty interesting in here. And then I think, you know, it gets pretty logical after that. I think my risky affair makes a lot of sense coming out of that wonder again, um, you know, is probably the best horse in the field, but I don't know if she necessarily sits the best trip. Um, you know, I think the other Clement with Javier Castellano up on uh, Canacy does make some sense. You know, Javi's been up for this one's uh, broke its maiden and then and came back and ran a nice optional 80 down at Belmont uh, going, you know, a little bit shorter. So this is one that you know, if you watch that last out, looks like the, the little bit of an extra ground could definitely help her out. And um, I think who else did I have in here? Yeah. And I, you know, and I think that the Chad Brown horse, the six customer list um, is an interesting option in here, but you know, she needs to, you know, definitely get a lot better than her last two, but you know, this is the Chad Brown barn. This is Saratoga. Uh, you know, a rad gets up and it wouldn't shock me if, you know, her with the class relief can get it done in here. But again, she's, she's the one in here that, definitely needs a pace set up in front of her. She needs probably both the four and the seven to go set her up a little bit and uh, she can fire into that, uh, you know, fire into that little hotter pace. When it comes, I mean, cause when it comes to ticket structure, uh, your A's are your horses that can go out there and win it on their own. Right. Yes. Yes. The B's are kind of like the, like what you just mentioned is a horse that absolutely that needs is dependent on somebody else to give it the setup to, to win uh, kind of a, kind of a structure thing. If once again, I, I, last time I had Mark on, we had the link for his ABC ticket structure video. If you haven't checked it out, do check it out because for one uh, it's an efficient way to make, to, to make tickets for two, it's an efficient way to leverage your top opinions and make sure that you've got the most, most money running through uh, you know, your, your top picks, your top horses, as opposed to just having one big, uh, you know, as we say, caveman, we got to come up with a better name than caveman. I feel mm -hmm. like, I feel like that's, you know, we, 
we've learned through the Geico commercials that there are all sorts of things that, that cavemen are actually capable of, you know, and that they, their feelings are hurt. So maybe we, we, uh, stop using such problematic language like caveman and we move on. Uh, anything, anything else you want to talk about with a uh, race eight here? Yeah, I think there's, there's two other horses in here that I thought were a little bit interesting and that's the 12 and the 13. Um, these actually believe it or not, um, on the inner, these outside drawn posts do pretty okay. Uh, they, uh, they tend to, you know, both these horses are going to want to run from the back anyways. So they're, you know, being shuffled back early doesn't really hurt them. Uh, I think it's interesting that it looks like Flavin for Pratt's first choice is Santa Guila, the 13. Um, and, uh, but I thought both of them were a little bit interesting, assuming these are the kind of horses that probably do have some upside left. Uh, you know, Chad Brown's 38% with horses first in North America. So that 13 is pretty interesting. Obviously don't, you know, don't start chasing super short prices. I think that's one of the things you, you always be a little careful about at Saratoga. People will see a horse bet down to three to five and assume that they knew. And it's very often that they didn't know and were just betting connections. But uh, if the if the 13 does draw and I'm, I'm pretty interested in, in that horse, but I think most of my money is going to be going through both the three and the four who are the horses I think can probably get it done on their own without as much of a setup. And uh, I do like Chase's seven quite a bit at probably a little bit of a price. All right, so moving on, we've got the penultimate leg of this pick four. We've got the first graded stake of the year at uh, at Saratoga. And I'll tell you, I, you know, the races at the classic distance, like the Travers, uh, the Jim Dandy, things like that, those are those are great races, but I feel like underrated a little bit as some of these uh some of these three-year-old uh, and two-year-old uh, sprint races uh, at Saratoga. There are some excellent sprint races. Typically, it feels like, uh, you know, these just by default go to go to uh, the ass man, Steve Asmussen, because, I mean, the dude can't wake up and take a piss in the middle of the night without tripping over a world-class sprinter at this point, it feels like. Uh, so we're talking about race nine. Six furlongs, the Schuylerville Stakes, grade three for Phillies, two years old. There's no Lasix allowed in this, as as you know, you're seeing in North American racing right now. Uh, you know, no Lasix for two-year-olds, and they're trying to keep Lasix out of most of these graded stakes races. Uh, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one because a lot of these horses are just breaking their maiden. There's not a lot of uh how you say seasoning, not a lot of seasoning on these horses. Uh, what was your take on the Schuylerville? Yeah, you know, this is a tough race. I, I think everybody in here only has one start. Uh, you're going off maiden scores where a lot of these horses were able to get pretty easy leads in just wire fields. And, you know, it's one thing we always talk about with these younger horses. You want to find those horses that have the ability to pass other horses. Um, and because of that, I think, you know, my top choice in here is the the one horse for Eddie Keneally, just Cindy. Um, horse that did show in her first start that she can pass other horses. Um, you know, obviously she was what broke forth and uh, ended up winning and nicely wrapped up the uh, you know, the, the figures did come back pretty good for that race. And I think she's a massive threat in here, you know, again, drawn the rail um, and, you know, the, in Churchill Downs shippers have, uh, you know, historically they've not done well at Saratoga, but the last couple of years they've done just fine. So I think just Cindy is probably my top choice in here. Another horse I'm really interested in um, is one I, I hope gets a little bit lost on the board. And that's number four, Vedereo. Um, she's a ha full half to Breeders Cup uh, two-year-old Philly winner uh, Vequist. Um, you know, she won pretty easily at Parks first, uh, first out. and historically uh, and this has been another one of these probably let's say last five or six years 
Parks Maiden Breakers that ship in for these two-year-old stakes at Saratoga have done very, very well, and they tend to get lost on the board. So, uh, you know, it's funny. You don't think of Parks as being a prodigal place where you're looking for, you know, the next two-year-old champion to come out of, but it actually kind of has become that we've seen a lot of park strippers come to Saratoga, do very well, win stakes, and they're not horses going off at three to five. These are horses that you get a little value on. So I, I thought, thought, uh, thought the four was pretty interesting in here. You know, it, you bring up park strippers and it's not just Saratoga. It's Naira in general. Uh, you'll see horses sh- ship in from parks. Uh, usually like uh, trainers like Vasquez, he, he'll bring in uh, horses from, from parks, uh, Uriah St. Louis even. And, and you'll see that, these these parks horses especially when it's when it's a matter of just like straight up speed it seems like they they have a ton of of front speed inherently i don't know what it is about ben salem pennsylvania and and speed and the water and what's in the water but for some reason these parks horses seem to do well i was with you i felt like you you needed to find a horse that actually showed the 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 history of passing other horses and uh this actually makes it easy because I was going to bet on this horse anyway because my wife's name is Cindy. Uh, the one, just Cindy. Uh, the horse that you know was able to come off of a uh, a two length disadvantage at the second call, win it going away by two and a quarter. Uh, the other idea I had was, uh, you know, we don't know what the bias looks like. We don't know uh, if this is going to be a year where the the rail is good. At uh, at Saratoga, or if the rail is bad, believe me, you can ask. You can ask Mark. We've seen years where uh, the rail is just bad, or the yep. rail is awesome, or is on fire. Uh, and by the way, if you're wanting to get an idea of how this is going to play, maybe don't pay attention to the earlier races uh, in in this uh, on this card uh, at the uh, the sprint distances on the dirt. The reason I bring this up, if we look at race two, you've got a five and a half uh, furlong race on the dirt. It's a maiden special weight. Now, if we go and we look at race five, also on the dirt, six furlong sprinting, that's a $40,000 maiden claiming. There's a there's a theme here, which is maiden. You can't learn a whole lot about the track bias by paying attention to races. The reason being, most of the time, they are won by horses that uh, go wire to wire. And so what you'll see, you know, you'll, try, you'll be trying to say, oh, yeah, look, it's easy on the dirt, on these sprints everyone's going wire to wire it's it's a it's a it's a speed bias when it's not necessarily the case you just watch two main races so don't jump to conclusions uh but yeah i like just cindy but in case speed is 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 definitely uh holding on i actually went to the coach on the outside the number nine summer promise it looked like speed of speed like it's going to be the controlling speed here uh through an absolute smoking workout on july 3rd went four furlongs and 46 was the top workout of the day that's that's quick that is a quick workout yeah that's a that's a crazy fast workout when you're talking going first of 97 at churchill of all places uh and especially across the churchill surface that is a crazy fast work so yeah i i I did see that work um i did see the nine and again another thing that we're we're doing this show obviously on tuesday morning and we have not seen clocker reports neither one of us have because they're not out yet um as soon as we get those we'll know a little bit more and you'll have a little bit more color uh you know a lot of times these again these two-year-olds are very prone to you know 
improving a lot first to second start. So you may have a horse that's just absolutely working lights out, has just phenomenal works, and you move that horse up a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, I do agree. I think the, the nine summer promise, probably the, the only way they, I would imagine, especially from that nine hole, they're going to try to go. Um, and I know, you know, we, we mentioned these inside outside biases at Saratoga. Uh, one thing that, you know, Chase didn't mention was that the one post is very prone on a lot of these sprint distances to getting pinched on the inside, especially with lightly run horses. They get a little shy. They're close to the rail. If speed comes around them from outside, they get sort of pinched and shuffled way back. Uh, so with just Cindy not having a ton of early speed, I do have a little bit of a concern that that could happen to her. Uh, so she may have a similar trip to last out where she doesn't, you know, she doesn't find herself on the lead. She's three, four, five lengths back. Now there is enough speed in this race that it could come apart. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if this gets a little melty towards the end, but, uh, yeah, you know, def definitely, you know, a thing to think about. And again, this is a race where, uh, you know, I think you want a little bit of coverage and if you, you can get, you can get a little cute in here. Yeah, there's absolutely the opportunity to just get puppies and sailor suits, just downright adorable uh, in these races. Uh, I mean, it's it's an interesting one. It is an it is definitely an interesting one. It's always a fun race to Scotterville. I feel like so you 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 get you either get just a a favorite who's absolutely nuts, uh, just runs off the screen, or you get you know one of these kind of uh, surprise closers at a pretty good price. Man, that this is going to be a good one. I'm excited about this one. You mentioned a, a lot of, you know, just a general Saratoga thing. You know, a, a lot of it kind of has to do with the geometry into the first turn. I, I'm just going to mention for if you're playing the, earlier in the card and you're playing the five and a half furlong sprints on the turf, uh, really pay attention to where they have the temp rail set. You'll find early in the meet when they don't have it set out very far. Right now, I think it's a 12 feet. Uh, what it really does is it, it disadvantages the horses drawn to the inside because like Mark said, they get kind of pinched. If they're not the early speed that can get out and clear the field uh, from the inside, then they get pinched into the turn as you have these horses kind of swooping around. So that's a good point uh, and one that kind of translates to uh, to some of them, but with some caveats, mainly being the turf rail and the turf rail distances. So we've got one leg left. We're going to make you wait for it. Here we go. We're going to take a quick commercial break here on the Notorious OTB, get a word in from our sponsors. And when we get back, we're going to take a look at the do or die leg, the money leg, leg four of this late pick four of Saratoga opening day. We will be right back. Listen, folks, my coffee maker is it's not working right now. Do I feel like burning this house to the ground? I sure do. I need my coffee and I think you need trade coffee trade coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world whether your friends call you a coffee snob or you just know when coffee tastes really perfect trades real coffee experts personally taste test over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend for you Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com SGP and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com SGP for $30 off. 
Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually vis invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. I'm talking your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com SGP. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV. If you've been listening to Mark Capitan's picks, you are most likely still alive in this pick four. If you've been listening to my picks, that you were most likely dead in the first leg of the pick four. <laughs> That's what I do! <laughs> That's what I do. That's right. So, to bring it home, five and a half furlongs on the turf. <gasps> it's like I was doing some foreshadowing. We've got a $35,000 claimer uh, for Phillies and Mayors, three-year-olds and upward, which had never won two races. There's a nice, simple condition. All right, there we go. I didn't have to read all sorts of words about maiden and starter and prices and everything. So here we go, five and a half on the turf. I've already said that I'm not a fan of horses on the inside. Where are you looking, Mark? Yeah, you know, uh, I think this is a sort of one of these quintessential Saratoga angle type races. I thought this of this pick four sequence was the race I could get most aggressive in. Uh, and I only really need two horses in here. And that will be the four Rigby and the five fast Corey. Um, you know, obviously I'd mentioned the Mike Maker barn. Uh, you know, it tends to be really hot as the uh, as the meet starts. So I definitely want that maker coverage um, horse that improved massively last time out when this one dropped out of allowance company and dropped down to this sort of a level and uh, shorten up a little bit off that Belmont race. He looks like Rigby did get a little leg weary late um, in that race. And uh, so they shortened him up or shortened her up a little bit in this one. And the other horse that I'm really interested in here is the five fast Corey for Brad Cox. Um, you know, Brad Cox does tend to go to Manny Franco. Manny Franco is not my favorite turf jock, but I, uh, you know, given the fact of how the, the Cox barn does tend to fire um, one that I'm super interested in. And what I mentioned that this is one of those quintessential sort of Saratoga angles. There's certain things you look for at Saratoga and it's very, people often will see, well, geez, this horse ran an allowance for last out and was fairly competitive. Um, it was fourth by two and a quarter legs, didn't get disgraced or anything. And then they're dropping him like or dropping her like five or six levels. Well, why is that happening? Now, if you're at most tracks, that normally happens because the horse has a problem. There's something went south. They want that horse out of their barn. But Saratoga, a lot of times, that's just what you do to win. It's so hard to win up here, such competitive fields. And I think you'll know, fast Corey getting that uh, pretty massive drop in class um, with all the, uh, you know, the barn factors and, and, uh, you know, also a ton of early speed should be very, very prominently placed, gets a nice 
draw for that inside speed so it won't get pinched on the rail. I think fast Corey in here makes uh, makes a ton of sense. And I think in this pick four sequence, I really just need the four and the five to uh, be pretty confident going in, going into this uh, last leg. I think what might have happened is I might have uh, kind of overplayed my own angle here with not liking horses to the outside. So I went with things drawn to the extreme or sorry, not not liking horses on the inside. So I ended up going to the extreme outside uh, with this. So I actually I I really liked the eight half birthday uh, for Tom Morley. It's a horse. It's, uh, you know, it's got a lot of race experience. Uh, I'm looking for it to to be better second off the uh, off the layoff. you know, broke its maiden, looked fairly sharp in that. I feel like from a pace standpoint, if it can run a race sort of like it did when it broke its maiden, where it was able to kind of stalk the uh, the early lead uh, coming from that wide post, it might be able to to get a piece. And the other one, I I went with the uh, with the man bun, uh, Safi Joseph Jr. Simpson, Simpson, I stick to my story. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the episode with me and Barry Spears. Uh, yeah, uh, train to Artemis, the 11, it's a Ken Ramsey horse. Uh, I mean, this was another one that I thought could show the early speed, uh, and maybe, you know, if this doesn't fall apart, then could be the one steal it from the front. Who's just basically going to have to fire and run as fast as you can into the first, tor- first turn, you know, being that far drawn outside might, might disadvantage, uh, uh, you know, train to Artemis, but going with that, uh, yeah, um, it's this one looks tough. I'm surprised you're as confident as you are, quite honestly. So, I will say I will have a little bit of your eight uh, half birthday there. Um, obviously, you know, if, if you listen to me and any of the other media outlets I'm on, I'm probably the world's biggest Tom Morley fan. And uh, there's this how I got on the Tom Morley bandwagon is Tom Morley usually runs a very small stable. He only had, you know, he, he used to only have a few horses and his, his stable has massively grown in the past couple of years as he's become a more successful trainer. But um, with all of his A tier ta- talent, his best horses, he goes to Javier Castellano. And Tom Morley tends to not take money. So if you look at the 2021 20, 2022 Saratoga Jock standings, um, Tom Morley, Javier Castellano together were 26% with a $3.56 ROI. What that means, if you just blindly bet, win bet, Javier Castellano with Tom Morley, you were uh, almost doubled your money on the Saratoga meet whenever they run. So the two of them are extremely live connections. And again, you're going to get the two of them on a price horse here. I think the morning line on half birthday is something like like 10 or 12 to one. So you're going to get a pretty nice little price here. I do like half birthday. Um, I do think she's probably up against it a little bit. I think some of the horses on her inside are going to be pretty darn tough. I want a little money going through her, not as much as I have through the four and the five. Nice. Now, one thing I'll, I'll, I'll kind of point out with Morley, and you kind of you touched on it. Um, I use Brisnet. One thing Brisnet will give you is for the the trainer angles at play, they'll let you know what the ROI uh, with the with the angle is. Uh, for 2022, Morley's winners, he's hitting a 15 percent, a positive ROI, a 49, you know, a positive 49 cent ROI for if you bet every single one of his horses to win. You would be, you would be up, which is rare. Which is absolutely, it's rare for you know small trainers for big trainers because it's you know a lot of the times the horses that you get the win on are usually going to be favorites. And what happens is you end up losing on with a, a bunch of different horses, so your your wins don't necessarily offset uh, those, those losses. And it turns out 
Tom Morley's winning enough of these with these longer shot horses to absolutely offset these loss uh, these losses and actually have a positive ROI. Same thing with turf starts is actually you know positive ROI on the turf. So uh, I, I think Tom Morley is is a sneaky good thing. All right. So speaking of half birthday, I just want to let everyone know as a public service announcement that Bill Mott's birthday is July 29th. Put that in your calendar, July 29th, because on July 29th or thereabouts, uh, you're going to have uh, just a, a rash of uh, of of, of uh, Bill Mott winners. Yeah, you're going to see the uh, a very dapper human being uh, who always, yeah, it, it does fall on a uh, on a Friday this year. So uh, I think he's been in the winner's circle at Saratoga on his birthday every year of like the past 20 something years since eternity uh, he, the, it, even it, before he, he was born bill ma always has a winner on his birthday yeah just just it, bet the bill ma horses it's the prophecy day. as old as the dinosaurs written in the stars bill ma will will win some shit on his birthday uh, a big shout out to sweet sassy john massey uh the person who taught me that angle uh he, the way he taught it to me was uh on not bill's Mott's birthday i think i had probably like four or five bill, bill mod horses picked on a card he was like you know it's not Bill Mott's birthday, right? And it's like, you son of a bitch. You're right. Just that I he's I gotta imagine he's just like the the best slash worst uh college professor to to deal with because uh he's he's hilarious in his his you know his dry, dry sarcasm, uh, but also uh being on the opposite side of that dry, dry sarcasm. Not not fun. He doesn't he doesn't tolerate stupid. Ladies and gentlemen, simple minds. So that's, I mean, that that is it. That is it for the sequence. Uh, you got any just uh, random Saratoga wisdom nuggets you want to throw out? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, the one thing they don't I have to be of... nuggets. They can be strips or tenders. Also, <laughs> you know, the one thing I, I would say, and I did allude to forward or earlier, um, make sure you're getting your prices on your horses that you think that they deserve. Uh, I'm a, somebody who is a big proponent of handicapping with the morning lines turned off. I completely don't pay attention to them when I handicap. Uh, you're going to see horses, especially in these maiden races, that are going to go off at three to five, and you're going to be like, "Why is this horse three to five? Don't." You know, it, there are times at Saratoga when the money kind of definitely knows. Um, but I think there's a, there's enough times where the money is just straight wrong. They're chasing, uh, you know, chasing connections. Um, one thing you have to remember about Saratoga is on a big day, there's 50,000 people in the, you know, the picnic area at Saratoga. Uh, it has a very massive on-track handle. Uh, Saratoga is one of the few tracks still in the country that on-track handle will actually outstrip online handle through an ADW. So, uh, you know, and those people are betting, oh, I like the horse on the pink silks, or I like Johnny Velasquez, so I'm going to bet every one of his horses. Right. There's a lot of uh, quote unquote dumb money at Saratoga and th that will chase connections. So be careful of uh, of short priced favorites that just are getting slammed and you're going, oh, are they just betting the Chad and Arad horse because it's Chad and Arad. So yeah. uh, and that's that's a little Saratoga wisdom. There's a lot of value to be had getting away from uh, eating chalk. Now, you mentioned uh, earlier uh, we don't have the workout reports yet, uh, but. You know, I personally, I, I'm not the kind of handicapper typically that's that's going to go to multiple products to get my information. I, I pretty much I use the, the past performances. I watch I watch replays. Uh, you know, I, I, I try to stick to just using one one source of truth. Now, one thing that will explain some of the the super short prices whenever you see a horse that you just don't 
you don't understand how it's taking all this money is the DRF work reports. You'll have a horse that gets just a, a, a huge workout grade. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, it's it's a, a favorite bet, you know, bet in half from where it was uh, at the at the money line. And I, I this is not me saying don't use the DRF uh, reports. This is actually me saying, I, I mean, they're they're good enough that if these horses are taking money, uh, it's worth noting on on these workout grades. Now you're always going to have gym class heroes that, that absolutely just, you know, work out great and then don't really have it on the, in the afternoons. But uh, I mean, you're a proponent of the workout reports. You, you think it's a probably a must use for for everyone if they're going to play Saratoga seriously. I think if you're going to play Saratoga seriously, you do need clocker reports. And the reason I say that is if you start, you know, Saratoga is the land of maidens. Everybody wants to bring their, you know, world's fastest two-year-old to Saratoga to run them, to show them off. Yep. And with that, you know, you're, you, you know, it's very common to have a 10 race card where four of those races are maidens races and they're all first time starters. Yep. So if you're trying to play any sequence, you're, you're going to get caught up in the situation where you're somewhat throwing darts. You don't have a lot of information to go off from and clocker reports do give you, you know, somebody who's a lot better at it than me, watched that horse work out, said that looked like a good work. The time was good. How the horse was moving was good. All yep. the things you want to see. And they, and they give it a, you know, a letter grade and it makes it a lot easier to approach these maiden races. Um, I've gotten to the point where, I, I kind of need them at this point. Um, and, and you also get these, the, we, we, I refer to them as well-met shippers. It's very common to have these out of town connections that ship one horse to Saratoga to try to get that one win on the year. And if you don't have any, you know, any background on that horse or those connections um, without, without something like a clocker report, it's really hard. Yeah. Uh, now, do you handicap the clocker report? Like, uh, there, <laughs> yeah, there, that, we, there that's, certain, become a, that's become a game the past couple of years. Yeah. yeah there, there are certain trainers who always get really good clocker grades. Get really uh, good. Yeah. I, I don't if, know if, if it's just their horses always look, you know, look the part, uh, necessarily, but, uh, there are certain trainers like, uh, let's see, let's start naming them. Who you let, got? Let's say Chip, uh, Chip Braun and, that, uh, yeah, damn but, Chip Braun. Chip Braun. No, I mean, I, I will say with the clock reports, they do tend to, if you watch them from DRF, they do tend to flatter people like Bob Baffert, Chad Brown, Todd Pletcher, all those horses get a little better works than I work out grades than I think they necessarily deserve. I'm less worried. You know, I know if, if you know, Todd or Chad have a first or it's probably live. I don't need the clocker reports for those trainers. I need the clocker reports for smaller connections that I don't know as well. And you get some, you know, a George Weaver. He's got a small barn of two-year-olds. Some of them are really good and some of them are never going to amount to anything. And I need to be able to separate, you know, the, the, the good from the bad. And I think the clock reports help me, especially with those smaller connection trainers where um, I may not be able to look at workout patterns. They may be training over tracks. I don't know as well. So Tom Morley seems to be taking that. It was, a, you know, kind of inherited the, the Rick Violet role of yes, being. He has. Ex yeah. excellent with with these younger horses yep. and everything which was something that that it felt like uh violet really kind of uh was able to do god rest his soul gone too yeah gone too early passed away from cancer uh what two years two years ago now let's say oh dude it might have been it's probably more like four or five now we had we had horses all of our horses were with rick violet and uh he was absolutely the nicest guy his barn was always open um, so you could go over, we could park in the barn area. You could just walk through and pet horses and he didn't care. And he, he'd have Kentucky Derby level horses that you could just walk in and pet. And Rick was the nicest guy. Um, and, uh, everyone loved him. He was just very yep. universally liked guy. One of the really good people in the sport. And I, I do agree. I think Tom Morley, people like Tom Morley have sort of taken over that mantle of being good people, people, you know, do the best for their horses. And, uh, and it's nice to see somebody who's a good guy having a lot of success. 
Yeah, and we we will give our there will be a a special special tribute to Rick Violet when they run the the was it the Violet Stakes? The Rick uh, Violet Stakes. Rick Violet Stakes, uh, which I mean, I I can't think of any honor, uh, you know, more than having a stakes named after you at at Saratoga, and it was they were you know I I miss Rick Violet from one from a handicap capping standpoint because i absolutely i used to love betting his two-year-old horses love betting his two-year-old horses because they would be in against the trainers that you mentioned the big time trainers and they they, he could still get the job done no matter no matter where he was running so yep good good guy real good guy yep so that is it for us at the notorious otb man i'm so excited i'm so excited saratoga week is upon us and we are going to be capping every single day of opening week here at Saratoga. Mark, uh, I mean, what do you got going on? I know, but tell the people. Yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, doing some uh, doing some you know stream stuff with you and some other people. We have our uh, on the wrong lead group. And by the way, you can find me online. I'm two two underscore turns t u r n s on uh, on the Twitter. And you can also find me uh, on the wrong lead. We do Thursday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Uh, on the YouTubes. And uh, we also start doing a Saturday preview show where we go live at about noon and uh, cover all the stakes action for that day. Things that we cover on Thursday. Maybe there's a key scratch. Maybe there's weather changes, those types of things. So doing a, a little bit of live preview from noon to one on Saturdays. Uh, they're, also they're on like YouTube. Horse Fox News or Horse CNN. Uh, exactly. You know. Maybe, L- maybe live and late breaking and all the truth or, and yeah, horse cheddar even. Um, yeah, yeah, it's that's that's cool. I, I'm glad someone's out there doing that, getting the changes because you know we can we can handicap uh, these sequences a couple days out, but there's there's a lot that can change in in between time. And I also noticed it seems like you guys are having a uh, guest on 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 the wrong lead now. I saw you had a, a friend of the show, Sarah El Bodway, uh, on a couple weeks ago. She's awesome, isn't she? Sarah is awesome. I uh, I never had talked with her, and we got her on stream. I was blown away. She, extremely smart. Um, she comes from a great place, uh, really a student of the game. She's putting in the work and, uh, you can really see it. She's had some real nice scores and it's done really well. Uh, somebody who I kind of, a lot of times you see these newer faces and, and not to be gender biased, but you see a lot of women who they're they're getting in because, oh, they're pretty and they're going to draw in viewership. Uh, she's not just a pretty face. She is an extremely talented handicapper, really knows her stuff. Agreed. Very talented. It was, it was great having her on a couple weeks ago for the, uh, the, uh, Monmouth, uh, uh, sequence that we did but that is it for us on the notorious otv brought to you by the sports gambling podcast network we will be back tomorrow when we take a look at the friday saratoga card i'll pick out a sequence i don't know what it is yet so that'll be your little surprise for next time we'll catch you later